every now and then I uh, pick up on a film simply kind of on the cover. There's a lot of, um, you know, movies. I remember even back in the day as a kid that I only saw because, you know, you got you went to a video store, you wanted to rent something. You rent it based on, based on the cover. You know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but the cover is what drives a person towards it. You know what I'm saying? So even if a cover is poor, you might have a good story. But if your cover is good, it's going to draw people to you. So the cover of this film is really what got me interested. It's kind of cartoonish in a way, but it's uh, it's called The Dark. It's from 2018, so it's three years old. It's an Austrian horror film, and it's like poster is just these two trees that are kind of showing a little bit of light and everything else is dark and you see this little figure that I'm guessing is meant to be a little girl and she's holding a teddy bear and her face is like covered with blood and again it's, it's kind of like hand drawn so it it's very unique it's very cool to look at it's very it, it draws your attention to it so that's what got my attention and I decided to sit down and watch this film now again it's three years old it um, originally premiered in the Tribeca Film Festival and then didn't have a full release uh, until later that same year. But again, three years ago. So it's about this kind of piece of land that's apparently haunted. And the story starts off with this dude in... This dude's driving down the road and he stops at a gas station and he's trying to get some information and then the guy talking to him is telling him a story about where he's going. He's like, I'm trying to go to Devil's Den or something. I forget what it's actually called. But he tells him the story that you don't want, you don't want to go to them parts. Them woods is haunted. And then as he's talking, he hears this, this um, report on the news, on the television behind him. And he looks and they're like, we're looking for this man. And the man he's looking for is the guy he's talking to in the store. And then the guy pulls out a gun and shoots the dude, steals all the shit, gets back in the car, and then drives off. So he goes to drive to the location, finds it, finds like an abandoned house, is checking it out, and all of a sudden he starts hearing stuff in the walls. And then there's this really creepy moment where he sees there's a hole in the wall, and he goes to look through it, and he sees another eye looking back at him. And it's it's the, probably the creepiest moment of the whole film. And so he jumps back and he starts firing into the wall. And then he starts hearing something rustling in the walls. So he runs out of the house. And as he runs out of the house, he steps on this board that's got nails sticking out of it. And he falls to the ground. He turns around, takes the nail out. And he sees, standing in the doorway he ran out of, there's a shadowy figure. And it doesn't look like a big figure. It, it just looks like really creepy. And it's holding an axe. And that's, I'm assuming, is the little girl at this point. So then he goes and he starts stumbling off. And then you see, you know, him kind of trying to run with like a like a bleeding foot that he just got a nail in. And then you see the figure walking through the woods after him with the axe in his hand. And then the guy stops at a tree and he's looking around and he's listening and he doesn't see and he doesn't hear anything. And then he kind of hears something in the tree and he looks up and there's the... I guess at this point you're assuming it's like a, a creature or a being with the axe and then bam, axe to the head. Dude dies. Then the creature jumps down and you see that it's like this little girl who's kind of deformed and then she starts eating the dude. So it's like, okay, so this is the thing that the guy was talking about. So maybe it's not that the woods are haunted. It's just that they ha it has this kind of undead creature 
and nobody goes near this house because the house is at the epicenter of this forest or whatever. So she, the, the girl eats the dude, brings him back, and there's not too much dialogue-wise. Like, the film definitely tries to set up a presence where it's in this very dim universe, trying to use a lot of, you know, foreground and a lot of scene uh, presence to overshadow the lack of there being dialogue. And the girl doesn't talk a lot, uh, especially as the film progresses. And then she goes back, sees the guy's car there, goes to investigate, discovers that there's this boy in the back seat who he kidnapped. <laughs> and that's why the report that was about him on the news was because he had kidnapped this little kid, I guess, and was going like across country with him. So this creature finds the boy and you're kind of expecting it to be this scenario where, okay, this is just going to be another meal for the creature. But then you notice that the kid's blind and he's not blind because like he was born that way. Like there's this like sear on like his eyes and like, like his skin is welded together and it looks like almost like it's very disturbing how I'm assuming because they never say how it happened. They just assume that this guy who was wanted, who kidnapped him, like sewed his eyes shut, but like seared it with like a soldering iron or something. It's just, it's very unsettling when you first see the eyes. And so he can never see this creature. And I, this is also at the point where you realize it's not really a creature. It's just this deformed girl. Because then she starts talking to him for the first time. And you're talking 20 minutes into the film and nobody's really talking except for the dude in the gas station. So they start talking to each other. You know, she's like, you have to leave. He's like, I can't. I've got to wait for, you know, Yosef. Yosef's the guy's name. She's like, Yosef's dead. Get the fuck out of here. And, you know, it kind of goes through this process where there's a kind of um, a weird, I don't want to say a weird twist of events, but a lot of things happen that I don't know would 100% happen in like real life. So this cop shows up and he's like, I followed the trail. I think I found the car and whatever. And then you would think that, okay, the cop's going to save the girl. The cop's going to bring the girl and the boy back. And, you know, maybe the girl can get some help. And maybe the dark is about this girl trying to get out of this realm. But no, she kills the cop. <laughs> and I don't mean to like laugh. It's just funny how like it's, you know, you don't, you can never expect what's going to happen next. And I don't say that in a good way. I say that in a way that's like, yes, it's unexpected. And maybe that's good storytelling, but it's not unexpected where it makes such an impact. Like, it's just like, if she didn't kill the cop, then you would know what story, what, what path the story is going to take. But the fact that she, she kills the cop. Okay. You still know what's, what the path's going to take, but you just didn't expect her to kill the cop. Like it's not that big of a, like a, a moment where it really matters. So then she takes the boy and they go on a run into the woods. So the story is basically the two of them kind of bonding and her kind of, and her kind of seeing that, okay, this, this kid was abused. He wants to get back home. You know, maybe I do have some kind of humanity in me and I'm going to kind of help him try to get back home. So you get a lot of backflashes to when, I guess the girl was normal and you see that her mother was an alcoholic. She had an abusive boyfriend. The boyfriend tried to molest her and she fought back. And then the guy basically murdered her and to cover it up. He drags her to the woods and buries her. 
and she's kind of still alive. She's just kind of bleeding out, and that's where you see the scar and the bruising, the bruising on her faces. So you then learn further on into the story that she doesn't die. She kind of comes back from the dead in a way. So it doesn't really explain whether or not she's undead or if she's like alive and just has grown this kind of like level level of like cannibalism in a way. Like there's a scene where she tries to eat cereal and she can't, but then she like rips this dude's like intest small intestine out and like chews on it like it's taffy. So it's it's weird how they set up this area where you're not 100% certain whether or not she's dead or undead or, you know, a monster, or just a misunderstood person. You know, it doesn't 100% explain that. And as the story progresses, you see that she's kind of trying to have this fight with humanity because this boy that she's trying to keep safe is giving her something to care about again. So she lost her care and she lost her sense of, like, innocence when her mother allowed the boyfriend in the home and didn't necessarily care about the fact that the boyfriend was abusing, you know, her. And so when she comes back to life, she kills the mother. So she kills her mother, and then the house goes to shambles, and then she haunts the forest, and she doesn't, I guess, age? They, they don't really explain the time frame of when, you know, this all happens, and she becomes this this person who haunts the woods, you know, because if it happens where she's a teenager and there's many years that pass, she's obviously not aging. So she must be undead in some way. And that's why you see, like, this deformed figure on the side of her face. But if she was undead and she still has this kind of connection to humanity that this boy is that she's trying to, like, keep safe because he's blind and he was, he went through some kind of abuse kind of like she did. And that's where she gets that connection. So... They grow this connection. She's trying to understand humanity again, but she is this creature and she still has this 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 presence about herself where people see her as a figure that's, you know, you should be afraid of. So the way the film kind of processes this storytelling, it doesn't really present you with like, you don't get the rewards you're really seeking. You do get rewarded at the very end, but you don't get the reward you want. So, like, you get that the fact that she kind of seeks revenge and kills the mother. But I would have liked a scene where she kind of also kills the boyfriend. Like, that would have showed me some kind of a, uh, a rewarding sensation I would have gotten from the film that, you know you don't really get throughout it. You know, maybe you do with the mother, but I would have liked the boyfriend to also get axed in the face as well. But you don't get that. You do get rewarded by the idea that you can see her kind of struggling when she tries to eat normal foods and not eat, you know, another person that they kill along the way to keep each other safe. You know what I'm saying? So you you also get the presence that, you know, they're constantly in trouble because she's trying to protect the boy and the boy is kind of traumatized by this kidnapping scenario and from having his eyes kind of welded shut. And the fact that the entire country is looking for her almost, or at least the entire state because he's a kidnap victim. You know what I'm saying? Like they're trying to rescue him and bring him back to his family. So it gets to the point where she finally is able to get him, you know, I won't, I won't give too much away, but they, she finally is able to get him to somebody that'll bring him back to his family. And I won't say how that happened, so I don't spoil too much of the film in case you want to go back and watch it. But the film's been out for three years, so I don't mind spoiling a little bit of it. So the way it ends is, she goes back to the house that is kind of her home. 
And you see her kind of like struggling with the idea of, you know, he's gone, but I miss him. And this kind of sparked something in me. And then she kind of picks up, packs a backpack and starts to leave. And so she ventures back into humanity in a way. And the film ends with her walking down a highway and a lady driving down the highway tries to stop her and says, listen, it's really cold. Why don't you get in the car? Tell me where you're going. I'll take you wherever you want. And the scene is showing you the back of her head. So the entire film, anytime you see her in the face, she's pale face. She's got blood stains on her chin. She's got this huge scar and bruise on like, I think it's the left side of her face. And it's just, it's, it's a huge gash. that doesn't look like it's healing. The, the, her eye is basically purple and her teeth are like really like, like fine, like fine down to be like the cannibal that she is. So then she gets into the car and you would think like, oh, the lady's going to see this, this little girl, you know, the little girl's face and get freaked out. Or maybe the little girl's going to attack her because she's still like, you know, an undead creature. And then you don't see the little girl's face until the very last second where she turns her head slightly to look out the window and she looks normal. So I'm guessing it's meant to be this like psychological thing where it's she's a a demon or she's a creature in her own mind. But as she connects more with humanity and as she kinds to try to get her humanity back, she starts to look normal again. And maybe she was just cursed because she was cursed with this this idea that, you know, life is torturous and her life was so, you know, tragic that that's what kind of held her in this realm where she was this creature. And then this boy taught her to be a human again. So she lost like this, like the scar heals overnight. And then she looks like she did in the flashback. So she was returning to that teenage self, she's getting her innocence back and getting her humanity back. And I'm getting, I'm guessing that's what they were trying to go for it, but they still didn't really fully explain whether or not she was undead or misunderstood in some way. Like, I don't know. Like there was, um, an article by, um, variety that they did about this film and they explained it really good. And I'm going to, um, kind of quote them because it, it, it kind of is what I'm trying to say, but I can't say it as well as they said it. So let's quote this, this article. The film tries to succeed as something both metaphorical and very literal minded, but the movie ends up being neither nor one of the others. It's not psychologically deep or, and it's not earnest enough to offer the usual rewards you would get from that genre or giving you enough to succeed as a pure drama. And that's probably the best way of saying this because it really is true. You don't get enough for it to give you some sort of psychological reward for yourself. You don't get rewarded from watching the film unless the reward is understanding that the little girl has found her humanity again. But then if you're setting it up where it is about humanity and it's about you as a person being so like mentally like wounded in that sense... Is all the scarring and all the the mental, all the deformities you see her with throughout the film, is that just in her head? Does she view herself as being that creature? And is the concept of the dark, the fact that it's the darkness of her own mentality and her own psychological well-being, and this little boy is bringing her out into the light again, which is why her face is very dark, it's very pale, it's, it's very grim, 
And then as the little boy leaves, she finds her humanity again and her face lightens up and she becomes pure again and innocent. And it just doesn't do enough to get you there. Now, the film's only nine of nine, 95 minutes long or something. It's like 90, it's an hour and a half long. So maybe if you added 30 more minutes, if you gave us a scene where she gets revenge on the boyfriend, you can have some reward concepts there. If you gave us a little bit more character buildup where, where we finally understood whether or not the little girl, not even a little girl, she's like a teenager, whether or not this teenage girl is deformed, undead, or just like lost from her connection to humanity like a couple of minutes explaining something like that and maybe that's what they were going for that's probably why this won like an award at the Tribeca Film Festival I don't know if it did or didn't but maybe that's why it got some sort of recognition because it is about all these questions and maybe that's what you're meant to leave with this film from you're meant to leave with trying to answer all of these questions and the film doesn't give it to you so you're meant to lead to your own conclusions and Maybe that's good, but maybe that's bad. And that's why I say like this this um uh this line from this variety article is pr- this variety article is probably the best description of what I can tell is that it's not deep enough to give you any sort of satisfaction, but it's also not not all the way metaphorical, but it is still metaphorical and it is still deep. It's just not enough. Like you got like 50% of the way there. And I think adding another like 20 or 30 minutes of some kind of content to add to either the psychological deepness of the film or just the, the, the metaphorical mindset you're trying to describe in the film would have given you a little bit more of an edge and probably given this film a little bit more of um, a kind of recognition. And maybe that little bit of missing is why most people don't watch it. But I'm going to say, you know, just based off the cover, it's worth sitting through. And maybe somebody else will take something something else from this film that I didn't take from it. But as, but as you know, a person who just kind of never saw it, never had any sort of commercial value to me. I never heard of this film. I just saw the cover and I said, this looks interesting. I'm going to watch it. Look up The Dark 2018. Take a look at that cover poster. And if that is enough to interest you in wanting to know about this film, I really suggest giving it a watch and maybe giving your own kind of perspective on it. Maybe you see something that I don't see. Maybe you see something that the person who wrote the Variety article didn't see. And maybe you see something that three years later, somebody else hasn't seen. You know, I'm coming from a perspective from three years later and the film's been out for this long. So, you know, if you're looking for something to kind of, you know, watch that might give you this kind of feeling of like asking questions and trying to figure out the story with there being very little dialogue and it very much being about the presence and the scenery and just the path that it takes storytelling wise give it a shot you know you might enjoy it i i certainly enjoyed it i enjoyed it enough to do an entry on it you know what i'm saying so you might enjoy it too you you won't know until you look it up